This episode of The Curly Critics is brought to you by our Patreon. You can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash curlycriticspod. We have tiers from $3 up to $15, where you can talk to us on Discord, join our pen pal postcard group, or get our weekly bonus episode, Very Curly Talking. From WBME. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And we're the Curly Critics, and today we're talking about You Have a Match by Emma Lord. You're waiting for me to make a sound after that, but I I'm was, not gonna. You don't have to make a sound. You can say literally anything. <laughs> oh, you're just waiting for me to say words like a normal human being? This is an audio platform, Jade. <laughs> Golly. It's fine. I. That's it. I'm proud to announce that after reading the second Emma Lord book, this is still a Emma Lord stand podcast. Yeah, I definitely had doubts. I stopped reading this book after like four chapters because I was just upset about it. And I put it down for like two weeks and then finished it in like one day. Yeah, I was a little afraid that... It wasn't gonna be good. Yeah. It like so if you're reading this book, push past it. Get past it. You'll be fine. It's real slow for like half the book. <laughs> it's literally, yeah. It's bad. Yeah, I was it's like not bad. Really ready to give it a like lowish rating and be like. This book was just not as good as Tweet Cute, and well, that's still. I mean, yes, it's, it's still not as good as Tweet Cute, but like I was gonna say that it was like farther away from Tweet Cute than I'm gonna place it now. Yeah, yeah. But like the ending was real good. <laughs> you know what it had? A freaking epilogue. I think that's her style, Jade, because it's the exact same epilogue as the. Like, style as the tweet. I know. That's so. Listen. No. (sighs) This is not an epilogue stan account. This is not. That's not it. I like epilogues. I. No! (laughs) When I said the ending, I didn't mean the epilogue. I meant the last, like, five chapters. Oh. The, like, wrapping up of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're totally right. Like, I was reading it in a car with, like, four other girls on the way to a bachelorette party, trying not to cry while finishing this book. I was like, I'm cheering up. I can't. I have to look out the window. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's great. This book is about a girl named Abby, who, along with her two best friends, Leo and Connie, decide to take a DNA test. And through the DNA test, Abby discovers that she has a biological older sister that she never knew about. Mind you, we're still doing New Girl, and her name is Abby Day. Much like Jess's sister, Abby Day. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even make that connection. (laughs) I literally told you that- never mind. It's fine. As soon as I started reading, I was like, oh, Jess's sister. (laughs) We text so often. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like every second of every day. (laughs) Anyway, so Abby discovers she has a biological older sister that her parents never told her about. And she's trying to figure out what's going on. So her and her biological sister meet up and... The sister, Savvy, convinces Abby to go to the summer camp that she's going to be at so they can figure this out behind their parents' back. While at the same time, Abby has like a weird embarrassment, miscommunication plotline going on with her best friend, Leo, who like they almost kissed and then Connie told them that each other didn't like each other even though they both like each other and so they were just like actively avoiding each other for a while and everyone's great surprise guess who's at the summer camp leo (laughs) 
Yeah, if you're thinking, oh, this sounds very much like a Disney movie I cherish with two Lindsay Lohans, you would be correct. They, she even mentions it at one point in the book and it cracks me up. I'm like, you had to say it because if you didn't, that'd be awkward because we're all thinking it. This is the parent trap, ladies and gents. Yeah, I've, I realized that you mentioned that and then when we like both got to like chapter four and then I was thinking about it some more and I realized that that's probably Emma Lord's style. Because, like, because Tweet Cute was kind of like You've Got Mail. Like, inspired by You've Got Mail. Mm. This one is inspired by The Parent Trap. And her new one that's going to come out in January, she said it's Mamma Mia style. That's so weird. So I don't think she's, like, hiding the fact that it's based on The Parent Trap. And it, like, does turn out differently than The Parent Trap. Yeah, it's it, not exactly obviously the same. it it's has a, a lot of differences and they're older and things are different. It just like it was screaming in my face. Hey, I'm the parent trap with teenagers. It was a lot to handle. Yeah, I haven't seen the parent trap in a really long time. So it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Oh, like you said it. One of my favorite movies. <laughs> you said it, and I was like, "Oh yeah," but I cannot tell you the details of the Parent Trap movie. I mean, it's like you remember the basic premise, and that's what it is. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I discovered this recently, and by recently, I do mean last night. I was thinking about this. This year, I read Emma by Jane Austen for the first time. And I've had lots of people tell me that Mr. Knightley is a better, like, romantic partner, like a better guy, love interest, than Mr. Darcy. And I've read Emma, and I finished Emma, and I was like, I don't really understand what people are talking about. And then last night, my parents and I watched the newest Emma movie, the 2021, and I still was like, I don't get it. And what I realized is that I don't really like friends to lovers stories. Interesting. Because that's like what Emma and Knightley are friends first. And then they like get married in the end. While like Darcy and Lizzie like hate each other and then they get married in the end. Yeah, and I so, mean, I know you like that like enemies to lovers trope better. That's just weird to me, though, because, like, the friends to married is just kind of more normal. Right. And it, like, makes for better relationships. But I yeah. just think it's less exciting to read. That's fair. Like, it's just... I want the drama. I want the spice. That's why I really, really like Tweet Cute. It's because they, like, hated each other at the beginning. And I like con- hate each yeah, other. Yeah, I mean that's what I like the vibe that I I don't want them to like hate each other because then it gets problematic. Yeah. Like I don't want like Then it's Jess and Rory. <laughs> don't get me started on Jess right now. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going when you were like, I don't get it. I'm like, oh <laughs> Right, like I want like playful banter, like weren't we don't like we weren't really friends before and we like dislike each other. Like, I don't want, like, I've read stories where they, like, the villain is the enemy, and they, like, fall in love, and that gets into weird, like, is this gonna be toxic kind of territory. Yeah. And, like, friends to lovers make better relationships, but they're just less exciting to read. So I found almost all of the romance in this book exhausting. The thing I didn't like was that she kept playing it off as if all of these very intimate motions were just friendly things. Like, talking about, like, oh, I was breathing into him or he spun me around and pulled me close and, like, all this stuff. And, listen, I'm not very good at, like, social cues or anything. 
But the entire time I'm reading it, I'm going, are you stupid? Like, it just, it felt too obvious for it to not be like, oh, this is more. Right. And it's just, it was so, it was also exhausting to me. One, because it was less exciting. But also because I could definitely see myself in a situation where both people acknowledge that the other one likes him, but everyone's too afraid to say anything. And so you're just, like, running around, like, beating around the bush forever. It's, like, (laughs) the worst possible situation that I could ever imagine myself in that, like, I can actually see myself living. And I'm not, like unconvinced that i haven't lived it it just never got to the point where we were both said something about it yep so that was the whole time whole time like they would talk and like you would hear abby's inner thoughts that's like he probably doesn't like me and then it would be like the next chapter she's like he's in love with me and i was like i can't handle this it's so painful think it yourself think of yourself at like 16 Think of your inner dialogue. (laughs) That's, yeah. So, it's friends to lovers, so it's, like, that's cute, but, like, where's the drama? But then at the same time, I'm having an eternal crisis while reading this book and reading their romance. And so it was a lot. It was was also all the sister drama along with that, and then there was Finn drama, and there was Connie drama, and everyone had stuff like everyone was just falling apart i'm like okay that again that's realistic it's just a lot yeah abby had like the worst four weeks of her life <laughs> gosh and she's like like oh, emotionally leave this place i'm like bro no i would have ptsd if i tried to go back there no <laughs> yeah there was just a lot going on the whole time I really liked the friendships, the, not the friend, the sister stuff. I thought that was a great storyline and I was very invested in it. I don't know. It just, part of me liked it. I liked all the sweet mushy stuff, of course, because that's my life. (laughs) But all the other stuff of them just hating on each other for no reason. I'm like, you guys are dumb. Stop. Just don't be dumb. Great. Don't be dumb. Yeah. All of my negative comments are mostly, like, towards the personalities of these characters. It's not Emma Lord's writing or plot or anything else. It's the characters that are annoying. Yeah. Because they're high schoolers. I can agree to that. I found the characters largely frustrating and annoying. But that, like, if I were to hear that as an author, I'd be like, Yes, I did it right. (laughs) Right. Like, that's that's kind of what she was going for, probably. Yeah. (laughs) I literally have a note that says that Leo and Finn stuff is exhausting in all caps. And then it says, I just want to know what's up with their parents. (laughs) So that's how I felt for a good 75% of this book. Yeah. Because, like, she... I love Leo and Finn. (laughs) I love Leo and Finn as characters. But the fact yeah. that she tried to throw Finn in as a third wheel to their romance was, like, unnecessary. It, Yeah, it was like, oh, he doesn't like me, so it's not going to matter if I'm with this other guy, but I'm also going to get with this other guy because it doesn't matter, and I'm going to make him jealous, but no, I'm not going to make him jealous. What's he supposed to be jealous about? And every time she went... Well, what does it matter to you? I went, shut up. Are you yeah. dumb? <laughs> and like, I so love mad. Finn as a character so I much. Him. He's perfect. He's but a I perfect just little curly haired boy. Wish he had been there to be Abby's friend and not this potential love interest. Yeah, I'm just glad it didn't go much further because it wasn't like that for very long. It was really just like two scenes that were kind of weird and the rest was okay. Yeah. And then Leo had some appropriate reactions 
because Abby was being dumb. <laughs> like in most of this book. She's ridiculous. So they go to camp and Abby has failed her English class. So she technically needs to go to summer school. But she like did all of this elaborate like hacking and email deleting to make sure her parents didn't find out that she had to go to summer school and ended up at this camp instead. And Which is also, it's an educational camp to help with SATs and tutoring and stuff. So really, she's still learning. That's the one thing I feel like that was the caveat in the story. Was like, oh, she's still actually learning things and doing good things. And there's a second half of summer school she can still go to. So really right. everything's fine. Right. Like I don't she, know why everyone made a big deal about it. Because she lied to her parents. If she well, yeah, yeah. If she had just been like, Hey, I failed English and I want to go to this camp still, but I need to go to summer school, so I'm gonna go to camp for the first four weeks and then go to the second half of summer school, it would have just been a letter better conversation. But She's a problematic high schooler with a lot of issues. And, like, that's a big part of, like, the conversation she has with her parents at the end, Mm -hmm. which we'll get there. But she gets to this camp, and she's freaking out because apparently Leo and Savannah, her sister, have been best friends forever because they all went to the same camp. And she didn't tell Leo about her and Savannah being sisters, but she ended up telling Finn, the other person in their friendship, in the, yeah. like, camp friendship. And then immediately drama ensues. Savannah gets Abby in trouble for chewing gum because Abby's, or Savannah's a junior counselor. And there's, like, it's a new camp with new, uh, like, a new owner. And so things are different and they have to be really strict. And then... Finn also gets in trouble because he's having a hard time. And poor baby. <laughs> so then they like Abby and Finn like meet up and become friends because Finn's like, all of my other friends hate me now because they're too busy being counselors. And Abby's like, Well, I came here for my sister and she hates me, so So we're gonna be edgy friends together and climb trees and stuff. I love the tree. it's great it's just so funny like oh i have to take out all my teenage hormones somewhere i guess i'm gonna climb a tree and put gum on someone's bunk bed (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah you do you i guess i don't and then like leo overhears abby talking to finn about savannah being her sister I think that's Mm -hmm. what happened. And Leo gets all upset. And so then Abby has to go deal with that. Yeah. He just like walks away. If you hear something like that, you're not just going to walk away from it. You're going to be like, bro, what? Hold on. I mean, that's (laughs) honestly, that's how I would react. If I like walked in to you telling somebody who wasn't me that you have a secret biological sister you didn't know about, I would be like, excuse me, what? And then you would explain it to me, and then I would go back to my room and cry afterwards because you didn't tell me. (laughs) Oh, no. I have something to (laughs) tell you. (laughs) Oh, no. Um. (laughs) That was a bad joke. Okay. Because I just internalize all of my emotions and never try and show them in front of other people. Oh, Leo. Yeah, I like so much happens while they're at camp that I'm like trying to figure out like what the timeline is of things. Yeah, I like like were they supposed to be at camp for like four weeks? It feels like three days went by by the time they were at the end. Yeah, it was four weeks. It just it feels like time was nothing like didn't mean anything at camp in terms of the story yeah like 
something big would happen and then it'd be like, yeah, I got to take pictures and go kayaking and kind of do some homework every day. And then it was like a week later. Right. Like, if you like put all of the big events and their resolutions like in a line with each other as if they all like if each of them took like one day, it would be like two weeks. Yeah. Which I mean... That's fine. Right. Because that's kind of the vibe, but... You wouldn't want a big event and a resolution to happen every single day. Oh my gosh. No, that's too much for their little hearts to handle. They can't deal with that. Yeah. Abby is like a amateur photographer. uh, Not amateur. She's a aspiring photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... So she, like, goes out one day to, like, try and take pictures of the sunrise, and then she sees Savannah taking a, like, brand picture for her Instagram. Yeah. And there's, like, a level of criticism of social media that's in this book on, like, a very base level, because Savannah's, like, super Instagram famous, and it's, like, her whole life, and Abby's, like, why are you doing that? Like, this is dumb. Because Leo made Abby an Instagram for her photography, but she, like, hates it. She never checks it. And she's, like, really insecure about her photography, so she, like, doesn't show anyone. And so, like, to Abby, social media is, like, a lost concept on her. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's big part of Savannah's character arc is at the end. She's like, yeah, I this started out as fun, and then I let it consume me, and I kind of went out. Yeah, I'm definitely more on the Abby side where I'm like, what? Sometimes if I just think something really sarcastic, I tweet it, though. That's it. That's (laughs) as far as my knowledge goes. I think that's really, yeah. Like TikTok, Instagram, (laughs) I wouldn't even know where to start with any of that. That's why you have me. Yeah, our media producer person. (laughs) I have a Facebook and a Twitter, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, so then, like, Savannah and Abby, like, start to become friends, and then they fight some more, and then they become friends again. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, this ongoing cycle of, like, drama happens, and then they resolve it, and then something happens with somebody else, and then they resolve it. And then we, like, reach this peak where Abby and Savannah's parents both show up at camp mm-hmm. on at the same time for separate reasons. And they're both freaking out because they think it's because it's about the fact that they went to this camp together and didn't tell their parents. And so they think it's about the sibling thing, but it's not about the sibling thing. But then it becomes about the sibling thing. It's exhausting just thinking about it. Yeah. I really appreciate the way Emma Lord can build up so many different plot lines and then resolve them all very beautifully. Yeah, it just felt like a lot of build up to this kind of... You could kind of guess what was coming. Yeah. Resolution, and I that think... was the part that kind of upset me. I was like, "Oh yeah, I totally figured that out." Yeah, I think there might have been too many builds up, build ups in this book, but she did resolve all of them. Yeah, and I like liked the way she resolved all of them. Yeah. So she went a little bit too hard, but she fulfilled it. So, we're still going to give her credit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have any thoughts about the first three-fourths of the book? (laughs) Every sarcastic bone in my body loves Finn with every sarcastic bone in his body. And I really love that. He is, quote-unquote, knockoff Han Solo. (laughs) He starts talking about this ghost at camp, this is why they're climbing the tree, it's a whole thing. And he goes, yeah, some girl bit it in, like, the 50s or 60s. Don't Google it, it definitely happened. And I'm like, (laughs) nice. I love you, sir. And, um, 
Yeah. It's... <laughs> I don't know. He's just so sarcastic. And... One of my notes says I want to marry him. So that's fine. We all know who that's about. But (laughs) one of the other biggest plot lines that I really did appreciate was as everything is happening, Abby's also just running headfirst into grief. Like her grandpa just died pretty much right before this book started And he was her whole life, basically her third parent, definitely her main caregiver because her parents had three little boys to take care of and two lawyer jobs. And so, and that's how she got into photography. That's how she got out of her house and where she learned her biggest lessons. So getting to hear her kind of spiral into these grief tangents was really interesting to be like, oh, this is like real stuff. This isn't just the normal teenage hormones. OMG, life is horrible kind of things. It's like, no, this is real, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah, there's just like, I really appreciate the way that all of the characters have a reason for acting the way that they do that's like a real reason like not that i mean like it's a solid deep reason yeah savannah does what she does because her parents are hypochondriacs because of trauma from the adoption and like leo acts the way he does because he doesn't know who his parents are because he's adopted and then finn acts the way that he does because his parents are getting a divorce and abby acts the way that she does because her grandpa died and her parents are overcompensating now yeah and so you have all of these characters that are like this is what's going on in my life and this is the response and i think that's like a a realistic way to like look at life that we all do things because of things that happened to us but we just don't always recognize that that's what it is yeah as soon as you said that it kind of sounded like it was tied up into a nice little bow but almost too nice you know like abby's very observant about everything that everyone does and then is like oh yeah this completely explains why they are the way they are it's like okay like for example mickey um leo and savvy and finn's other friend um she's always wearing temporary tattoos well that also gets explained her mom has a tattoo parlor like (laughs) Or makes temporary tattoos. I don't know if it's an actual parlor or not. But it just seems like everything's explained away. There's not a lot of leaving it up to interpretation. And even when you get to, like, all the buildup and stuff, there's not really any leaving it to interpretation there either because you can kind of figure out what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, the stuff that they're all dealing with is complex stuff that like yeah, yeah, ex- yeah explains like why they're acting the way that it does but it doesn't necessarily get them over that situation like they all grow and become better people but that trauma like still exists even though they've mm-hmm. like grown as people also it's a young adult book just a fun little contemporary romance young adult book. So it's, like, not going to be super deep. Yeah. But I do like the fact that it tried, even if it did wrap it up really nicely, almost too nicely. Yeah, and for the target audience, which I assume is, like, our age, but also high schoolers, I feel like that's pretty decent. Like it's, Yeah. It's pretty good. It kept us entertained, so. Right. So, the parents show up, and Abby's parents get mad at her because she lied about summer school, and then Savvy's parents are freaking out because she got a cold, 
And then the parents see each other and then just leave. And so we've discovered that something absolutely terrible has happened between the parents. Yeah. And more stuff happens, but we, like, discover that what happens is that Abby's parents thought that Abby's dad was going to die from, like, a heart condition. And they, Mm -hmm. like, accidentally got pregnant with Savannah. And so they, like, gave Savannah away for adoption because they were like, we can't handle this right now. And then Abby's mom, like, freaked out and tried to reverse that, kind of. Like, tried to, like, get, reverse the adoption and, like, get Savannah back. And Savannah's parents were like, absolutely not. Like, we literally can't have kids. This is the daughter we've been waiting for our whole lives. And so a lawsuit ensues and... They're, like, not allowed to talk to each other. Yeah. Like, there's a restraining order with the parents, but Savannah can't have one because she's still a minor. So it's a whole thing. Yeah. So that's what we find out, and then, like, nobody else wants to talk about, like, anything else. And Savannah and Abby are like, well, we still want to be friends. And, like, we're sisters, so you can't keep that away from us. And then Abby's parents are like, well, Abby's still a minor, so we can. And Abby's like, um, absolutely not. So they do the Lindsay Lohan switcheroo and find each other's parents. Abby bites it in, like, off a cliff. Not off a cliff, but, like, in the mud. And so the so Savannah's parents are like, OMG, are you dead? And she's like, nah, I'm chilling. It's fine. And then Savannah finds Abby's parents and they're also chilling. <laughs> this is why I don't explain things. <laughs> I like it. I like it when you explain things. It's just the worst possible way to do it. Like, basically, a million ways. And just Abby, worst. like, Savannah's like, we should go to each other's parents and convince our parents that our parents miss each other. But, like, yeah. opposites. So, Abby goes, like, finds Savannah's parents and is like, oh, yeah, my parents miss you. And they're all, like, super impressed with Abby's photography and is like, wow, this is really good because they're, like, rich art people. And so they, like, know good art. And then Savannah goes to Abby's parents and are like, my parents miss you. And I think some other stuff happens, but it's not in Savannah's point of view, so I don't know the details. Yeah, I don't... There was, like, a sentence or something, and it didn't really yeah. see much else. There's a lot of Abby's parents taking her away from camp and then bringing her back to camp and then taking her away from camp again that happens in the course of the end. So, traumatizing. So they, like, take her out of camp, and Abby's like, no, you have to talk to them. And then at some point, they talk to each other. Yeah. And then they, like, go to a Thai restaurant, and then Savannah and her parents show up, and they, like, force them all to sit together. And then they just start talking about, like, how they became friends, and, like, where they started, Mm-hmm. And they kind of, cause yeah, cause Abby's pa- mom, like Abby's dad, Poppy, owned a coffee shop that Savannah's mom worked at when they were like right out of college, and so that's how they met. And then they like the parent, the mothers like introduced each other to their current husbands, and like. Yeah. All of the stuff, they were, like, really good friends, and they, like, wanted to open a, like, joint art coffee shop thing together, and then all of the drama with Savannah happened, and they didn't, and they just haven't talked to each other since. For almost two decades. Yeah. So then they have, like, a nice conversation where they they all talk about that, and then they realize that they really do miss each other. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we're going to work it out. But then we still have, so like, that's resolved, but we still have Abby's own issues 
to deal with and the issues with Leo to deal with. And then Savannah has her own problems that we have to deal with. So there's more to be resolved. (laughs) Yeah, it's like this whole thing gets built up and then dissolves. And you're like, oh, great. But then there's still like 10 chapters left. And you're like, what do I do now? (laughs) Yeah. Abby has a conversation with her parents about how she thinks that they're putting too much pressure on her. And that's why she's failing her classes is because she has no time for herself. And she's doing too much tutoring and that they need to trust her or like they need to lay off. And then Abby's parents are like, you lied to us. Why didn't you just tell us the truth? Mm -hmm. And then Abby's like, I don't know. I'm a traumatized, upset, grieving teenager. And then they all get emotional and have a nice moment. And they're like, "Okay, we'll lay off. But you still have to go to summer school. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... As is the way of things. Because Abby's like, I am doing better on my SAT prep here because I actually have time to, like, be myself and, like, hang out with my friends and, like, chill. Which is, like, an incredibly valid way of learning. Mm -hmm. Like, people who are just doing school all the time do worse in school than people who, like, take time for themselves. Or do extracurriculars or anything like that. Yeah. And then Savannah realizes that that she's, like, really been doing too much with her social media. And she's, like, lost the joy in it. And she wants to go back to that. And then Leo and Abby talk it out. And Leo's like, I'm going to culinary school in New York. And Abby's like why didn't you tell me that? I thought we were best friends. And then Leo was like, I thought that we were more than just friends. Like, I thought we kind of had something going on here, but you didn't tell me, so I guess not. And Leo was like, of course I'm in love with you. I just didn't want to tell you because then I wouldn't have gone to New York. And Abby's like, I would have made you go to New York. You're being ridiculous. And then everyone makes out. Yeah. First, Abby breaks her wrist. (laughs) Oh, forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Whoops. So much happens in the last like six chapters. Gosh, literally. I don't even remember. Finn, my child. Yeah, something was happening with like Finn like ran away and Abby's like, I know where he is. And so she like climbs this tree and Finn had like gotten stuck in the wishing tree because he's a really bad climber. And then they have like a nice... Abby goes up there and they have a nice heart-to-heart and deal with Finn's trauma. And then while, like, Abby's, like, climbing down to help Finn down. And while she's, like, almost down, Savannah calls her and it, like, startles her and she falls out of the tree and breaks her wrist. And then she doesn't tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, I broke my arm. It was, like, the most traumatizing thing I've ever had to experience in my life. I, like, passed out. I was screaming. Like, it was, like, a really bad break. But, like, I cannot even imagine, like, breaking your arm and then just not telling anyone. I mean, you were a lot younger, too. Yeah. I feel like I would do something stupid like that. Like, like, help. Words are hard. <laughs> you were talking for a long time, and I forgot how to speak. Oh, no. You took all my speaking powers. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I whine and complain about the dumbest things. Like, if I get a paper cut, I will tell the next ten people that come into contact with me. But if something, like, is actually wrong, I don't tell people. So I'm like, that's a mood, buddy. (laughs) That upsets me, but you're not wrong. (laughs) Upsets you that I do that or that you also do that? No, that you do that. That you do that. I feel like if there was something actually wrong with me, I'm like, hey... Well, first I do a lot of research, and I'm like, is there actually something wrong with me? And then I'm like, hey, there's something actually wrong with me, and I know there is because I did all this research. 
<laughs> because I went onto WebMD and it said I was dying. <laughs> I mean, with a broken wrist, like that's literally that's obvious. You, yeah, you know, and like everybody, like she like breaks her wrist and then doesn't tell anyone. And she like goes to sleep and then when she wakes up, everyone who comes in contact with her notices that there's something wrong with her wrist. Yeah. And is like, hey, hide it very well. They were like, hey, there's something wrong with that. And she's like, nah, it's fine. And she just like runs away. (laughs) I love it. But basically, she literally just runs away. (laughs) Like literally, she talks to like four different people, and they're like, hey, what's wrong with your wrist? And she's like, bye, gotta go. so good the comedic relief man because it's like the last day that she's gonna be at camp before her parents like make her leave and so she's like running around like trying to say bye to everybody but also her wrist is broken and then settle all the tie up all the loose ends yeah but then mickey comes in and is like yo i haven't seen savannah in a while i'm actually concerned and then abby's like i know where she is because savannah like took her to this spot that's like overgrown that used to be an archery range, but now it's not. And it's, like, her favorite place at the camp. And so Abby's like, I'm going to go get her. And then ends up getting stranded on the same cliff that Savannah got stranded on when they went there. Because it, like, rained. And so now they're both stuck in this cliff. And Abby lost her phone. And Savannah's phone is dead. And they're just, like, stuck there. And Savannah's like, I tried to call you. And Abby was like, well, I was busy. And then they have, like, a night heart-to-heart and deal with all of their issues and, like, talk through life. And Savannah's, like, super sarcastic, and I love that for her. And then they get rescued. Yeah. And then everything's fine. And then her and Leo start dating, and then Savannah and Mickey start dating, and then there's an epilogue. And everyone's making out. (laughs) My favorite line... Is in the epilogue when Mickey's like, it's our one year anniversary if you're counting from the day we all started making out. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, gross. Oh my gosh. I have a a favorite paragraph. If you'll indulge in my narrating abilities for 0.3 seconds. Can you say an entire paragraph in 0.3 seconds? Yeah. That would be pretty impressive. Okay, I'm ready. And that's where you edit. Shh, don't tell them the secret. Put it in post. Um, so there's this moment. It's not even halfway through the book. And Abby and Leo are chilling. One of those moments where it's like, oh, yeah, they're definitely in love with each other. But nobody says anything. And it's really annoying. And they're watching this storm across the ocean because they're in Seattle. So that's a thing. (laughs) Like they mentioned Mount Rainier. I've been on that mountain. I freaking love it. I'm obsessed with it. It's fine. That's the... Yep. (laughs) So this is my favorite part of Emma Lord's writing. Like just this paragraph and... I'll start in a second. I promise. All the build up with the resolution. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'll be so good at writing one day. (laughs) I just, as someone who writes on a not frequent basis, I know when an author has a paragraph that's their favorite, that that is the paragraph that they're the most proud of. And I think this is that moment where it's like, it's so detailed, it's so gorgeous in the way it's written, it can't not be your favorite. And so they're watching Orcas and whatever, and Abby's going, We sit together, watching the lights pierce the dark and travel across the water, the two of us safe and dry in this twilight while the storm is far beyond us. I breathe in the sticky warmth of the air, the pine and the electricity and the ache of something deeper than I can name, knowing that no view I can capture will ever compare to this feeling, seeing it through my eyes while seeing it through his, letting us both bleed into a world where those two things can be the same. And I just like, I had to put it down for a second because I was like, oh, oh, that hit me. 
Oh no. It's just so beautifully written. It really is. There's another part, like a few pages later, where she's talking about grief and she's talking about her grandpa and she goes, it's hard to describe someone when you feel less of what they were and more of what they aren't anymore. (sighs) And that just like hurts, man. (laughs) Yeah, I just remembered. I noticed that... When Savvy and Abby are, like, working out their issues with each other, it's very similar to the same issues that Ethan and Jack have in Tweet Cute. Where they're, like... Oh, yeah. Because Abby's, like, oh, you're the sibling that my parents always wanted. Which is exactly what, like, Jack does to Ethan and Ethan does to Jack. And it makes me wonder if Emma is doing a lot of projecting onto her writing. That's where I'm like, a lot. Where I'm like, does she have like weird dynamics with her sisters like this? Because it's coming through in her pages. And I'm like, write what you know. But yeah. I just thought that was interesting that I was like, that's the same. I didn't, I knew it felt familiar, but I wasn't sure why. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think there was something else where I was like, that feels the same. But I can't remember what it was. Oh my gosh. Finn. I I love just reading back over my notes going, oh, this is perfect. So he's... He knows all the plans of, like, trying to meet the parents and the parents are going to come and whatever. And so he knows they're coming and he's like, It's okay. I'll distract them. I'll just say, it's me, your secret son. (laughs) Finn was so great because he just wanted to be included. And Yeah, poor baby. But he, like, does it in, like, such a sarcastic, like, funny way. And he's like, haha, I'm your secret son. Or there was, like, a moment where... Savannah and Abby like needed to talk about something and Leo was there and Leo's like okay go ahead and Savannah's like just the two of us and Leo's like okay fine I'll go over there I guess Ugh, fine I'll go find a secret sister of my own yes that's literally that was my next note <laughs> I just reading this book I told Carrie I, after finishing this book, I sat down and wrote for like four hours. I just, it was nonstop because of the way Emma writes. It is so sarcastic. It sounds exactly like my inner monologue. (laughs) So I was like, oh, if she can put it on paper and I can think it, surely I can put it on paper. And that's not how it works. (laughs) I mean, it was good what you wrote. But it just... The sarcasm, man. Yeah. I'll get it. It's an art form. She posted on Instagram today a, like, clip of, like, her words. And it was, like, 20,000 words. And she's like, a month ago, this idea didn't even exist. And I was like, I'm upset with you. I was like, I have new ideas for novels on the daily. And then I write like 2,000 words and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Moving on. Um, yeah. Literally. Yep. It's so upsetting. I wish I was as motivated as her and Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I wonder if this was in Tweet Cute. I don't know if you remember, but Abby specifically said that she felt like a participation award and I thought that also felt kind of familiar was that something that Jack said I don't know if he said those exact things but that's definitely Jack's vibe yeah because again it felt like something so familiar that I'm like huh interesting (laughs) yeah 
there's something going on there, Emma Lord. I hope you and your siblings are okay and you guys worked through it. (laughs) (sighs) Also, it's entertaining to read, so I hope you guys are doing well. Keep writing what and doing what you do. Thank you very much. <laughs> Leo, of course, says the obvious cliche, I wish you saw yourself the way I see you. And I'm like, that's a very good... Like, if someone said that to me, that'd be nice. But in a book or a movie, it feels like a lot. <laughs> Maybe that's my thing with friends, stint lovers, especially in this book, is that it's so realistic, it makes me uncomfortable that I don't want to read it. Yeah. Like, like if I d- highly doubt that I'm going to discover that I have a secret older sister that my parents didn't tell me about and all of this stuff, but the, like, romance and the, like, characterization of all of the characters is incredibly real. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I don't like reading this because I live it. while like with enemies to lovers the likelihood that i'm gonna fall in love with my rival very slim (laughs) and so it's more there's more escapism involved there yeah that's kind of deep welcome to episode however many episodes we've had of self-discovery ladies and gents 36 question mark Lots of self-discovery. Too much, I might argue. (laughs) Chapter 27. Finn is crying, and so am I. (laughs) May she be as merciful as she is super dead. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love how they keep mentioning mentioning bears, and then it was a very specific line in the beginning where Abby's mom goes, there aren't bears. Pause. I checked. <laughs> and I'm like, there's an entire plot point where they're trying to discra- distract the junior counselors, and Abby goes, oh, it's a bear. Oh, no. And Savvy specifically goes, wait. There aren't bears, and everyone (laughs) freaks out anyways. (sighs) I love it. Aw, this line's nice. A little less wandering and a little more found. That sounds like a Dear Evan Hansen line. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now let's give Ben Platt to say it. In song. Another one. It's the kind of stuff that fills in the edges. Like we were whole people to each other, but now the colors of us are a little brighter. Oh, All of these quotes. Yeah. I literally had to write them all down. It was just so good. So good, you guys. The whole magpie thing, too, that was very parent trap. I was like, oh, like putting the two pictures of your parents together. But it's a little bit more clever than just holding up two pictures of your parents and being like, wow, they fit. Yeah. But whose name is Pietra? People whose name is Pietra. I feel like it's not as uncommon of a name as you want it to be. I'm going to Google it. Seems sus. I've maybe heard that name once in my whole life. It's Italian. No, wait. I don't know. Maybe it's Greek. It's the Italian feminine form of Peter, but then this other place says that it's Greek. So if it's the Italian form of Peter, it's probably more common in Italy than you think. (laughs) Yeah, but... Do you have any closing thoughts? Leo kept up with the Instagram this entire time and it got Abby an opportunity to go take pictures around the world. And I think that's relationship goals. Honestly, I love Abby's arc in this book, how she goes from like, I am worthless to 
I'm so good at what I do that I can do this like professionally. <laughs> like with her, like her, the photography as a metaphor for her own self worth. Dang. <laughs> self discovery, more like discovering everything. Okay. The secrets to life. Do you have. A rating? How many pineapples, Jade? It's funny because... Like, I read this in a day. Basically. More like two, but whatever. I sat for like six hours straight and was just reading nonstop. And I loved it. It was so compelling to me. And then talking about it, I sound like I hate it, and I don't. I like it. It's fine. It's no tweet cute. But it's still, it exceeded my expectations in that I was very disappointed it was going to be the parent trap. She was genuinely so concerned. I, like, started reading it after her, and she was like, Text me after you get to chapter four. I have issues. And I was like, okay. And I like finished chapter four. And I was like, okay, I, I finished chapter four. What's up? And she's like, I'm upset because it's the parent trap. And I was like, oh, I thought there was like an actual issue. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was so, so concerned that you were going to be like, I don't like this thing. We can't read this anymore or like something like that. Well, we're recording it like three months later. Not three months. That's an exaggeration. It's like a, a month. But... It took me a long time to read this book. Yeah. I also, like, moved and graduated and, like, did all of this stuff in the middle, so. A lot has happened. But, like, it just took me a lot longer to get into this book. While, like, Tweak You, I read, like, the first three chapters and then finished the rest the next day. Yeah. This took me, like, two weeks of, like reading it like a little bit every day i i wouldn't have been able to finish it if i had done that i had to just sit down and do it i mean that's eventually what i did was like i just have to read this in the last like few days before i finished it i was like okay i'm just gonna sit and read yeah like the end really like the back half was really good just you want to keep reading, like, oh, it kind of leaves you on the edge of what's going to happen, even though you can kind of guess what's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I'll give it a seven. Right. What did I give Tweet Cute? Eight and a half. That sounds about right. I... I give it an eight. That feels right. I was like, maybe I should give it a seven and a half, but eight feels good. So together, that gives it a seven and a half. Yep. Which places it the same, equal to Austin Land. Wow. I liked Austin Land more. Did you want to change your score? Did I give Austinland a seven? Yeah. Huh. My scoring system changes every day, so. <laughs> yeah, so our top five books are Tweet Cute, Invincible, Algernon, My Grandma Told Me to Tell You She's Sorry, and then a tie for You Have Imagined Austinland and Fifth. That's great. I love that Algernon's number three. That gives me life. It's really up there. Because it's one of the best books I've ever read. Watch all of the Percy Jackson books replace those, but it's fine. <laughs> we need a whole nother scale for them. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to do <laughs> logistics stuff. I think I'm going to split the rankings into years. Interesting. 
like the movies especially because we have a lot of movies i'll mm-hmm. probably still like put them next to each other and like do like an all-time like ranking but then yeah, it'll be like, like this movie of years and- like this movie is the best movie of year one and like yeah. but like but this movie is the best movie of all time or like books and tv shows too it stresses me out to think what that could be <laughs> because i think and let's say it all together die hard <laughs> every day goes by and i love it more and more and every day that goes by carrie goes I think about this movie too much to have given it a five. And it I, I, just... I raised my score the last time we did a movie. <laughs> it's at a 5.5 now. I also, to the listeners who listened to our holiday episode, <laughs> if you remember me talking about how I just did not care for that movie at all, I've been texting Jade like every day for the last week about how much I want to rewatch the holiday. And it's kind of upsetting. That one, too. Like, it's so funny that you're like, no, I don't like these movies. And you just can't not watch them. I am upset, but (laughs) it is what it is. (laughs) Jack Black. You can't stay away from him for too long. It's not Jack Black that's pulling me back, Jade. (laughs) Yes, it is. You know it is. In this case, the last time I texted you, it was Cameron Diaz. Or I was like, I gotta watch that. I thought it was Jude Law. No, I mean, it's always Jude Law. It's always we, Jude Law. I was watching um, My Best Friend's Wedding, and she's in that movie. Oh, and I was that like, that makes sense. I, I want to watch The Holiday. Connection. She's in it. Yeah, because I sent you a gif of Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, obviously. Makes sense. You're thinking about Jude Law, aren't we all? <laughs> like... Always thinking about Jude Law. <laughs> Jude Law and the Holiday, Jude Law is Dumbledore, like... Jude Law is freaking Watson. Jude Law is Watson. Oh my gosh. What can't that man do? I don't know. I didn't realize we were so into Jude Law. (laughs) I'm gonna have to make a new spreadsheet ranking that is just the Curly Critic's top men. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Ben Barnes, Jude Law, Jack Black. Yes! But in that order. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even know how would we rate them, because I'm not going to rate the men on a scale from 1 to 10. <laughs> we just rate them compared to each other. Like, yeah. here you are on the scoreboard. There you go. We, like, fight it out. We, like, do a formal debate where we're like, okay, like, obviously Ben Barnes is at the top. Yeah. So then, like, Jude Law and Jack Black, we each, like, pick a side and we're like... Wait, can Jude Law sing? Because that is the deciding factor. Jack Black and Ben Barnes can. And they can play instruments. Can Jude Law do that? Because if he can't, out of the race. He's not even allowed to exist anymore. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, but Jack Black doesn't look as good in glasses. And? I'm sorry. I take talent over prettiness any day. (laughs) You just called me out. We need to move on because I just sounded really superficial right there. And we need to move (laughs) on. Okay, no, Jude Law is really pretty. Jack Black, not the prettiest flower in the garden. Okay, I get it. I get it. But, man, I found a YouTube video of Jude Law singing. I don't know if it's good. We'll find out. I'll be the judge of that. (laughs) All right. That was awful. Never mind. (laughs) We need to stop. We're losing our minds. Jade, do we have social media? Oh my gosh, guys! I literally made a Facebook page! That's so crazy! We have a Facebook page now! Everybody clap for Jade. It's the little things in life. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, Instagram, Google. 
Patreon. Patreon. YouTube. Yeah. Did I just say Google? That's awful. Yes, you I did. Mean, I meant Gmail, but like, whatever. You know. You know. Great. The Curly Critics are a proud member of the WBNE Network, which has other amazing shows for you to listen to. One of which is Perspective Z, where Christina and Rachel talk about trending things and current events and life from the perspective of two Gen Zers. Here's a promo. Have you ever wondered what Gen Z was thinking while half the generation was eating Tide Pods? Or what those gosh darn kids are up to these days? Well, then you should check out our podcast, Perspective Z, hosted by me, Rachel, and me, Katrina. We discuss pop culture, politics, and everything in between, and give you our perspective as two Gen Z ladies trying to figure out our place in the world. Listen along to hear our thoughts and opinions as we gear up for college and beyond. So make sure to check out new episodes of Perspective Z every Monday on the WBNE Network at WBNE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now on Spotify. Toodles! Thanks to them, I take more BuzzFeed quizzes than I normally do. That was You Have a Match by Emma Lord. It didn't have any trains in it, so sad day. It didn't? Nope. It had a fairy. Oh, yeah, it had a fairy, because that's the same as a train. No, it's not the same as a train, but I mean, if we're talking about modes of transportation, I think fairies are pretty cool. They're not train-level cool, but they're cool. A fairy is cooler than an airplane. I can't do this with you right now. (laughs) Okay, thank you for listening. Bye!